Hey everyone, before we start, I wanted to encourage you to become part of our community on Discord. I always like to say the water is warm, it's very inviting, and no one is going to treat you anything less than an awesome human being because that's how we run it. Our Discord community has actually grown every single day for the last 53 days, and we are so proud of that. But that's where we're going to interact with you a little bit more. And you could ask your questions. You could show your project. You can do all kinds of things. But if you've been on the fence about Discord, like I always was, give it a shot and we'll see you there. Links in the show notes. This is the straight up truth. Many of us didn't even know that we were in Web 2 until kind of NFTs rolled out a few months ago or like really rolled out. And uh, then that's when we started talking about Web3. So let's just be honest. One of the biggest questions that we get, that you guys get, and that you hear about is how do brands figure out what they need to do to kind of get involved and pivot from maybe some of their Web2 tactics into maybe a little bit more of a Web3 tactic, or at least the mentality. What skill sets do you need? And what do you need to get to know? And we're going to find that out right now. Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I were true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art. Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you, and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. Today's guest, Lauren Turton, is an accomplished entrepreneur, the host of Freedom with NFTs podcast, and let me say a badass networker. And when I asked her what her superpower was in Web3, she responded, quote, pivoting and then amplifying my strengths from Web2 into Web3. And I was like, shoot, dog, y'all listen. That's exactly what us newbies need to learn, too. So, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. And tell us, what were you doing in Web2? Thank you so much for having me here. It's an honor to connect with you both and with your audience. So in Web2 world, I had a successful business coaching company. I was helping clients create and launch a high-ticket offer and then scale their businesses leveraging organic marketing. I was featured in Forbes last year for the work that I did. And I also was a co-owner and still am of an Italian restaurant located in San Diego, California called Chow Chow Piadina. I also serve as vice president of Help the Connie, which is a small nonprofit that supports women and children in Southern India. And so when I look back onto my pivot into Web3, it's really interesting because the time in my life when I really found out about NFTs was in June of 2021. And my life and my businesses were good to go. I was there. I had reached what, in my mind at that time, was peak success. I had just been featured in Forbes. And then income NFTs, Web3, and everything that I was learning during that time. And I almost went through an identity crisis because I realized during that time that I needed to go all in on learning and being a part of what was happening in this historical shift in technology. So it was a really interesting time period for me last June, July, and August. Well, I mean, I have a question about that. Like everything you were doing in Web2, like all that stuff is still good. Like I find myself almost not trying to challenge Web2. Like it's not dead. Like a lot of that stuff still matters. But when you're saying like you felt it, like you're like, bam, like June, July, August, like I'm all in. 
what were the signals that said to you, like, I got to know about this right now versus like all the people who are kind of just on the sidelines right now? So I had always been looking during my entrepreneurial journey for the next big thing. I remember back when I was a kid, 1994, eight years old, my parents got our first computer, the big white box. And all I knew to do with that computer was maybe play a game after school on it. My parents aren't in the tech industry. They're not into computers. So it's not something that they knew to really take action on. And I remember when social media came out, my first experience with that was MySpace when I was in high school. All I knew to do with MySpace when I got home was to change my top eight. And when Facebook came out, all I knew during that time was to post some random status. You're more than welcome to look through my past Facebook statuses. They're mortifying. And then when I was 26 years old, that's when Instagram came out. And again, I didn't know this was a tool, something you could leverage, something you could use. It was only until the last, I would say, four years or so that I really dove into social media, how to leverage it as a tool and how to expand a business with it. So I knew that I had missed out on two shifts in technology. And I've always been aware of that. So I have been saying to myself for several years, there's something else that's going to happen because you've already experienced two things in your life. So you need to be on the lookout for this. And when that does happen, you need to take immediate action on that. And that's what happened when I found out about NFTs in June of last year. I said, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. And I can be at the forefront of this. And now I have the tools and the skills from my Web2 life to be able to apply to this industry, to be, to be able to apply to this historical shift. And that, for me, was the catalyst for change. Interestingly enough, we just had an interview about skills that don't transfer necessarily from Web 2 into Web 3. And you're saying these are you had some skill sets and tools that were super vital to bring over. What was the very first one that you identified that you immediately implemented? So what I immediately identified was... First, let me backtrack. June, July, August, at some point I did go down a dark rabbit hole and I thought I had to become something I wasn't. And I say dark because it did get a little bit dark for me. I thought, oh my goodness, I have to be a coder. I have to be a developer. I have to be a programmer. This goes so deep. And I got scared and anxious. I also at that point hadn't identified a community and I hadn't really dialed into people in the space that I could trust and rely on. I was very much on my own during this time. And I slowly started to pull myself out of that rabbit hole. And I said, you know what? You can pick and choose what you love most from your Web 2 life, and you can amplify that in the Web 3 space. So I took some time to sit with myself, and I identified that what I loved most from my business coaching company was connecting with others, education, and obviously speaking. And that's when I thought, huh, what if I start a podcast? And then I did research on the podcasts that were out at that time, and there weren't many. It was only a handful of them. And I believe at that time, there were no female voices. And so I said, oh, not only can I amplify what I love most from my Web2 life, but I could also serve and solve a problem in the Web3 space. And that's when the Freedom with NFTs podcast was born. 
when you talk about like the business coaching uh, that you did and the success you've had there, what are you seeing now? Kind of like I mentioned earlier about like businesses and like how they need to adjust their brand or maybe their positioning a little bit now if they're looking to integrate some of the new technology and, and to be relevant or at least at the forefront. I mean, I, and I can't agree with you more about being at the forefront of something like how many times are we going to have the opportunity to do that? But what should businesses be on the lookout to integrate? As they're doing their research and the 50 hours of homework that Gary V advises is looking for problems that need solved in the Web3 space. And if you're able to solve a problem in the Web3 space, dial in on that. So for example, a situation that I've seen recently is public speaking. There are so many people in the space who do need to hone in on the skill set because they need to speak in Twitter spaces. They're now being booked to speak at massive conferences, but they've never done public speaking before. So that's something I have experience with and I've done training with my former clients with. So now I'm being brought on to train people on public speaking in the Web3 space. So that's an example of you can hone in on problems that need to be solved in this space and start solving those problems. So really it's positioning. So you you help people with speaking prior and just the what Rich likes to say, situational awareness of what's going on in Web3. It's now, you know, I'm not just saying, hey, I, I'll help you with your next TEDx talk. It's, hey, you're now being brought into Twitter spaces. I can help you X, Y, Z. So it's a positioning thing, I think what you're saying. Absolutely. Hey guys, we're going to take a really quick break to let you know about a course that I went through that I really loved and it's called NFTs Simplified. Now, this is from Sean Specey who came out with this really short, easy to digest NFT course to help brand new newbies learn the how and why behind NFTs, how to buy NFTs, what in the world is minting phase, secondary market, a little bit about security. I originally connected with Sean because I loved his graphics and the way that he was able to draw out and literally simplify this whole NFT game. And even being in the space for quite a while and understanding some of these basic concepts when I went through the course, I just loved it and actually learned some things. It's linked up in the show notes. It's NFTs Simplified and it's only 19 bucks. So click over there, grab the course. If you're like me and you need to see things visually drawn out, Sean's going to help you out. Again, that is NFTs Simplified. With all the conferences that are going on, and I've seen you and we've talked, we've DM'd and I'm like, oh my God, how is she everywhere? There's different elements of FOMO in this industry, right? Like, I don't have FOMO with NFTs. Like, I'm very happy with what I got. I'm happy with how I approach them. I'm like, oh shit, did I miss another conference? There's a lot of that going on. When it comes to businesses specifically, though, do they have to pivot right now, in your opinion? They don't have to pivot right now, but they need to start getting informed and getting involved. Because again, we're in a historical shift. So when this goes mainstream in X amount of time, why wouldn't you want to at least have a handle or a grasp on what is taking place? And again, it's a lot of information. It can be really overwhelming. It can be scary at times. And so taking time, setting an agenda of I'm going to study X amount of time per week on this topic. And then eventually that leads you to maybe investing in your first NFT. That leads to creating your first NFT. That leads to becoming a community member of a massive project. 
And eventually you find your way in, not necessarily the hardcore pivot. I've got to go in right now. You can take your time with this. Are there any skill sets you had, quote, in Web 2 that you don't think will be relevant anymore moving forward? So something that's been really interesting is I had worked so hard to get my Instagram account to where it's at. And I had had goals to work with brands at the influencer capacity, if you will. And it's really interesting because in the Web3 space, those type of numbers and followers don't matter. What matters here is creating community, connecting with other communities. If you are to drop an NFT project or NFTs, providing value and utility. And so those big numbers that you see from influencers, that doesn't necessarily translate into the Web3 space. So that's been something that I've had to navigate and also something that's been really interesting because some brands do come into the Web3 space and have that Web2 mentality of, oh, I'm going to pay this person with 15K followers on TikTok. I'm going to offer to pay them to pump my project on their platform because they're an influencer. And so I've had to go through an interesting journey where in Web 2, that was, my, that was my dream to have my inbox flooded with brands that wanted to pay me to, to promote their project. And then that happened to me. And I realized I don't align with this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to get paid to promote your project or your product. And so that has been a crazy journey to go through. Crazy. The whole community thing, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Like, we, we hear that all the time, almost every, every like community, 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 community. But like, what does that actually mean outside of like being on Discord all the time? Like what skill sets are you, are we needing to develop? What do we need to understand about community versus audience building? Building community is actually building community. This is care. This is spending time with people in the DMs or hopping on calls with them. This is actually knowing the people within your audience, because they are community members actually caring about them. When you build an audience, that's mass numbers. Do you actually know who's in your audience? No. Building community is being at ground level with everyone. And again, caring, asking them questions. What can I help you with? What problems can I help you solve? What's going on in your world? Any personal things you want to talk about? Just really being in there and having those heart-to-heart conversations. That's the difference than building an audience. And in regards to connecting with community, because you hear that word too, find communities that you connect with. That does take time. And yes, you are in discords. Yes, you're in Twitter spaces. Yes, you're on Twitter. And what I've found is that it can be very overwhelming. And so I limit the amount of communities that I am in on discord so I can actually be a part of the community. I'm glad to hear you say that because when I first came across you and then I was like following and I'm just like, oh man, she's bad as hell, man. Like, but I also was like, she's probably one of those people who's everywhere all the time. And I I just like have this thing in my head where I imagine people have more time and days in a week than I do somehow because they're able to be all over the place and be able to be DMing about, did you see this project or this or that or whatever? I'm like, dude, like, how is it even possible? So I'm kind of relieved. And I think that's really important, especially for our audience to know, like, you don't have to be in all the communities. No. You could be in the ones that really matter to you. Absolutely. And I think another really important lesson for people who are just entering this space is having boundaries. I'm someone who really needs to have boundaries and a strict schedule 
because otherwise I'm all over the place. People have this perception of me that I'm very organized and very put together. If left to my own, no, I'm not. Again, I'm all over the place. And so having boundaries, having timelines, having a schedule has really helped me be able to navigate this space and also getting proper sleep. I'm someone who I need eight hours of sleep a night. A lot of people have come to me and said, oh, you must never sleep. I'm like, what? No, I need eight hours a night. I also, every morning, have a strict rule with myself that I don't get on my phone or any devices for a solid hour so that I can have my own time to myself and not get flooded with everything that's happened since I've been asleep in the NFT space. So really just being self-aware, having boundaries and protocols in place so that you can navigate the space from a place of authenticity and also mental health and safety for yourself. Yeah. I was reading your bio earlier and it talked about how you help companies by leveraging their energy creation and connection. And you could ask Heather, man, like, I don't like having the energy conversations and, and like, you know, whatever. I just kind of just live it in my, in, in my own little weird way. But I wanted to ask you specifically, what do you think the energy of the NFT space is right now? So in regards to the energy in the NFT space, it's very positive. It's very welcoming. It's very warm. It's inviting. It's inclusive. It's aware. With that being said, I'm going to throw you for a loop here. I think that sometimes it can be too much of that. And I think that there is a little bit of skewed reality in regards to the positivity in the space, because at times it's not balanced. There are negative things that happen. There are rug pulls. There are hacks. There are safety issues. And yes, we discuss them, but I don't think it's at the level it should be, especially with so many new people coming into the space. And also, reality-wise, people are people. And if ego is involved or things happen between two people, three people, different groups, there's still going to be the reality of negative interactions. And so just being aware that this is still real life, there will be negative things that happen and not just thinking it's all rainbows and butterflies. And I hope that's not coming off in a pessimist negative way. It's just... There is an unbalance in the space in regards to positivity and and not enough conversations around real life and some negative things that happen. Well, we have a final question that was sent in from our audience. Before then, we know that you have a project you're excited about and working on, and it just gave you an opportunity to share about that. Absolutely. So I am co-founder of a project that is dedicated to educating women to become full stack developers and also providing the legal support for female led projects. My co-founder, Luis, him and I realized that these were two areas in the space that needed solved. We need more developers. We need more female developers. And then we also realized that legal support is not where it's needed. And so we are coming together to drop a project that solves this problem. I cannot release the name. I don't have a website yet. I am literally in the process of creating the landing page today. But I would love for anyone who's interested in getting involved and learning more to connect with me on Twitter at Lauren Turton underscore, and I'll get you dialed in and involved. 
Okay. Well, this comes from Meg at Pinay Artist, who asked if you could instantly master one skill at the level of a famous professional, what would it be? First person that comes to mind is Lady Gaga. What I absolutely admire and love about her is how performance ready she is at all times. I think that is an incredible skill that she has. And on top of that, her outfits, her fashion are at such a massive level. Now, I know that involves a team. So I guess the answer would be having a full team around me. No, but really like what what Lady Gaga has mastered is just such an incredible skill set. And with being a public speaker uh, as I am, that's something that I'm always trying to hone in on is just being stage ready at all times. Mm. Love it. Bring us home. The skill would be being pleasant like all the time. Like, and let me just elaborate. Heather's heard me speak about Jimmy Fallon all the time, but like there's something that to me is unmistakable. Like when I see him with guests or whatever, like they like to be there. Like they really enjoy being there. He makes them laugh. He's really loose. He's inviting. He doesn't ask too many hard questions. He just is all about like having fun. Like he always has like this half smile on his face. And I'm like, sometimes when I get too focused or too rigid with like maybe my background or how I I try and get in the zone, I'm like, man, like that would be a great skill to master just to be just straight up pleasant and just like, yeah, hey, what's up? Like all the time. But Heather, parody. I really, like my mind went to like all these things I should say is like a business owner and networker and a content creator and all these little things that I should say. But here's the God honest truth. Like this is the truth. If I could master and like be a singer where I just like wowed a crowd and everybody like cried and I was like, God, I would do that. I would be a famous singer that probably had dance moves because I'm egotistical <laughs> like that and just want to be on a stage and everybody sing along with me. I'm that not probably had dance. I feel moves. horrible admitting it, but it's the truth. Don't feel horrible. That's, I that's love that. Cool. That's wonderful. Yeah. Get Lady Gaga. I, t- I told her, her last the other weekend. I was watching American Idol auditions because I love those because they're acapella. <laughs> you know, there's no bullshit, there's and no like way. I see the judges' reactions. It drives me crazy. I love it. So, Lauren. Thank you. It's so good to meet you. I cannot wait till we meet in real life and we wish you absolutely nothing but the best. And when you can talk about your project and the name and all that good stuff, you know where to go. Just hit us up and we'll blow that thing up. 